Good morning, and happy Thanksgiving. If Eucharist is church speak for Thanksgiving, then Thanksgiving is nothing less than the very organizing principle around which we order our common life in this place. Our Christian life is oriented around God's Thanksgiving table, where we tell and retell our family stories, pray with one another, seek and receive forgiveness, exchange signs of peace, break bread, drink wine, and depart hopefully a little more buoyant and ready to tackle the world before us than when we first arrived. Nourished at that table, we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. If COVID times have taught us anything, it is that the Eucharist cannot really be replicated or recreated online, hard as we may try. The most advanced cinematic technology cannot capture the divine timing of glimmering light as clouds open and sun shines through just as the organ begins intoning, morning has broken. No image can substitute for the aroma of burning candles or a hug of peace when we need it. Even the second sacrament of coffee and donuts, well, it just isn't the same when filtered through masks and distance or on Zoom. Nevertheless, there have been new and strange gifts in this season of being church together on and off screen. Digital pilgrims from near and far, connections and reconnections with the chronically homebound, deepened appreciation for what we had and had taken for granted, clarity about the church's vocation and the life of its parishioners and in the public square alike. Many of us have been graced with the unexpected blessing of space to push pause, take stock, and refocus on what really mattered. This pandemic has unleashed latent creativity, ingenuity, and gratitude galore, born of necessity and fueled by resilience, as we have taught ourselves how to sing the Lord's song in this foreign land. So while the Eucharist could never quite be replicated, there is still Eucharist to be celebrated and shared. The same is true at our Thanksgiving tables, and in this particular year in which over 250,000 chairs in our country sit empty in the wake of COVID-19 and many more vacant due to social distancing, I know that this is a difficult time for many of you. If you are by yourself, thank you for your sacrifice. I want you to hear that you are not alone and you are not forgotten in our cloud of witness. You are loved by this community and by God who never leaves our side. May saints and angels enfold you this day. And to all of us, a word of absolution. If you're feeling blue about your inability to recreate the magical memories of holidays past, it is perfectly okay 
to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to feel a bit weird. In fact, it's more than okay. True thanksgiving is not something to be manufactured. And in a fake-it-till-you-make-it society, it is perhaps an act not only of resilience but of resistance to accept our limitations, our creatureliness, our grief this day. To rest when the world says hustle, to stop when the world says go, to weep when society says it's time to put, put our game faces on. Theologically speaking, the more we can acknowledge with honesty the burdens we bear and the trials we endure, the more we can rightly discern where we end and where God begins. In a culture that prizes the self-made man, thanksgiving reminds us again that we are the created ones. God is the creator whom it is right to give thanks and praise. All that is comes from God, including us. Indeed, we are the gifts of God. Diana Butler Bass writes in her book, Grateful, the Transformative Power of Giving Thanks, that gratitude is not warm feelings about what we have. Instead, gratitude is the ability to embrace the gift of who we are, that we are. In the multi-billion year history of the universe, the gift is that each one of us has been born, can love, grows in awareness, and has a story. I am, we all are. Life is the gift. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. As Christians, we live and move and have our being in between times, between womb and tomb, death and resurrection, creation and recreation, the night of weeping and the morn of joy, between who we are and what we will become. Our bodies spend most of life in the uncomfortable, uncertain spaces in between, where we strive, struggle, and strain. Our hearts minds and imaginations, on the other hand, well, how often do they stray away from us, wandering off to days past and anticipating our arrival at the next destination, when COVID is over, when summer comes, when love finds me, when, then. Our leaping lepers in Luke today demonstrate this disposition. All those years spent socially distanced, stigmatized, ostracized, and quarantined from society. They were so exuberant in light of their miraculous healing, and who wouldn't be, that they run with fury to the next chapter of their lives without even stopping to give thanks, save for one. And he, the text tells us, was a Samaritan not a Jew like Jesus, but a Samaritan. He was different in more ways than one. You see, my friends, beyond the restoration of 10 individuals to health, wholeness, and community, this multi-layered miracle 
reveals the character of our Lord who came to heal and reconcile the whole world to itself. Races, religions, nations and peoples, Jews to Samaritans, black to white, red to blue. It is a profound moment of what Jesus is up to in the world. And had the one leper not stopped, the power of this moment could not have been made manifest. Thus, this moment of thanksgiving is both revelatory and generative. It would not have been possible had the leper not stopped, paused, turned around, remained in the moment for just a moment more. Now is always here, my friends. Will we show up for it? Did God cause the man's leprosy? No. Did God use it? Yes. God does not will our suffering, but God can use it. Faith does not call us to give thanks for all things, but our faith does call us to give thanks in all things. It is in the breaking of the bread that God draws near. A Eucharistic life does not abate its eyes from the fracture, but gives thanks in the space between. So thanks be to God for the scientists and health professionals who are working tirelessly on the treatments that will allow us to put this pandemic behind us. Thanks be to God for the incredibly encouraging news just this past week about vaccines on the way. We have a long road ahead, but we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. In the meantime, though, let us take heart to the mantra of our own covenant community. Don't leave before the miracle happens. Friends, there are miracles in our midst even now. God is doing a new thing. So let's not rush to days ahead without first appraising the unexpected gift of this present moment. Indeed, let us give thanks to God in all things, not only for what has been and not only for what will be, but let us give thanks to God right here and now, right where we are, just as we are. Let us give thanks to God for life and breath. Let us give God thanks for our humanity. Let us give God thanks for all this moment can reveal to us and for all that we might learn. Let us give thanks to God who loves us not for what we do or make, create or achieve, but for who we are and because of who God is. Let us give thanks to God because God is good and God is with us always. What is now will not always be, yet even now, let us give thanks. May we not be like the nine who forgot, but the one who stopped, who paused, who turned around to give God thanks. For in giving thanks, for in sharing Eucharist, wherever we are, however we are, we disarm and resist the powers of scarcity, fear, and death that would seek to steal our life and joy. By giving thanks in all things, we declare there is enough. We insist love wins. 
we proclaim the crucified and risen one who is making all creation new, inviting us and all the world towards healing, wholeness, and peace. Even now, will we show up for it? Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen. <laughs>